All right, everybody, welcome to Behind the Bar. I'm your host, Danny Johnson, where I interview your favorite dry bar comedians. Uh, Behind the Bar, as you know, is sponsored by RX Solutions. If you're underinsured or uninsured, go to rxsolutions.online for up to 75% on your next prescription. Now, um, today's guest brings a smile to my face for many reasons, but uh, is Karen Mills, whose dry bar special, Pink Pants, is a huge success. 10, 20, 30, I don't know how many million views at this point. Um, from Chattanooga, still there? Yes, I am. I'm I'm still in Chattanooga. Um, uh, originally, I'm from Cleveland, Tennessee, which is about thirty miles away, and I lived in Atlanta for um, for twenty years, uh, and that's where I actually got started in comedy at the Punchline there. But uh, I moved back here, and now it's been twenty twenty years ago. I moved back um, back home. So yeah, what a great club to start at the Punchline, huh? Oh, especially then. I mean, uh, when I when I got started, it was they had three clubs in Atlanta. It was <laughs> it was so awesome, and uh, just just working at the Punchline gave you so much credibility that other people would hire you, and uh, and so it was really a great great place to get started. Yeah, I've had the privilege of performing there a couple times, and it's just it's iconic the names that have been through there over the decades. You know. Um, I learned something about you today that I didn't know. So, well, first of all, a lot of people don't know that you're, you are at the risk of 8,000 comedians emailing you, you are the main reason, or maybe not the main, you, you were the link between me and getting my dry bar special. Well, uh, we worked together in Florida at yeah. Jacksonville Comedy Zone and I thought you were great. And so I recommended you. I mean, I, I don't know yeah. that I was uh that instrumental and in you getting it i'm sure they looked you up and liked you too but right. <laughs> but i was uh, i was team danny for sure yeah i i'm so i'm so and i i i know i've thanked you through messenger or whatnot but this is my first time to be able to do it face to face so i'm i'm eternally grateful um <laughs> that you made the so recommendation so deserving <laughs> thank you thank you and it's so funny because that week i believe it was a holiday it was a december week at the zone in Jacksonville. And I want to say it was a last minute fallout. I can't remember. Um, and then I was like, yeah, I'll take it. I'm only, you know, 12 miles away or whatever. And then we connect and you, I, did your dry bar come out that week or that day? It was fairly new. I think, I think that week, I think it did come out that week. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I remember mentioning it. Like I, I had been exchanging emails with dry bar. So they knew who I was and like, yeah, I'll just recommend. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're the best. Oh, well, but it's I, my pleasure. I learned something about you today that I didn't know. So I know that you've obviously uh, been in the business for a couple uh, decades now, very successful career. You're now touring with, uh, was it Liam Morgan? Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yes, that's um, right. Mm -hmm. I did not know, and maybe this is for me forgetting your act, or you didn't do those jokes that night, but you are, uh, you were a collegiate basketball player. And you are in the Chattanooga Basketball Hall of Fame. I am. Yes, you, I. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. No, no. I was going to say uh, you led the led the nation in D one assists one year. It was eighty one, I think. Yes. And I was so I'm like, wow. That's I wish I knew that. I would have talked to you about it. So, what was that experience like? Um, well, I mean, I played basketball from the time I could walk and my parents, um, all big sports fans, my whole family, my brother played, we played whatever 
game was in season. He went to college on baseball scholarship. I went on basketball. But we uh, we just grew up on a field or a court or you know it was it was our life. And um, and I played. My high school coach was uh, is in the National Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. Is one of the winningest coaches in history on any level. Yeah. Uh, in high school, we had a 90 game winning streak. We were back to back state national champions. And then I went on to, um, to play at UT, at UT Chattanooga and, uh, was all American a couple of years and led the nation assist. So, uh, I had, you know, it, it feels like it's the 1800s now, but, uh, <laughs> but it was, it was a great time in my life with, uh, wonderful memories. And, and I tried out for the, um, 1980 Olympics, made it to the final 18 of the open trials and then got, uh, uh, cut at 12 but um i always say that's the real reason we boycotted that president mm -hmm. carter heard it i didn't make it and he said forget <laughs> it nobody's coming so <laughs> but uh but yeah wonderful wonderful memories of of that time gosh that i you know basketball is the only sport that i love to play that i'm terrible at you know typically when you're good at something you like to play it <laughs> yeah but i'm the, the worst basketball player and i just love playing it and people hate playing with me. So I just end up shooting by myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, so I had a chance. It, um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I had a chance to watch your special again. And um, it just brought me back to when I worked with you. Not necessarily the same jokes, but um, it just, you know, um, had a great time working with you those three or four days in Jacksonville. And it just brought me back to it. I, here's what I what I love about the special and your the way you deliver your material. You have um, not only is it hilarious throughout; it's such a strong set. And at this point in our careers, obviously, we hope that we have strong sets, right? Um, but you deliver some jokes in a way that you almost don't need to have a punchline. I'm trying to think of a, a way to say this so it doesn't sound bad. You just based on what you say and what they see is so let me give you an example. You talk about having a I think it was size nine foot at age or or whatever at a young age, right? And the doctor said, yes. well she's gonna yeah, she, yeah, she's gonna be either be tall or a clown. Yeah. And you pause. <laughs> and that pause gets the biggest laugh. It's a pause. And I <laughs> It's fantastic. I love it so much. It's not like, you know, some of my stuff, some other stuff, even some of your stuff is set up, set up punch, but yours was just delivering this line in which they see the final product. Obviously I became the clown and it's right. just so well delivered. I love it. Oh, thank you. Well, to me, uh, I love when I can just let the audience draw their conclusion. You, you see what the options were <laughs> to always yeah. be a clown. And so I just give the look and let them, of course, realize that you're the clown. You did not grow. Yeah. So, uh, you then some things just don't need to be over explained. And so I, that's, I think that's when a pause really um, is more like an exclamation point, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, I, I have a, uh, several of those, as well but like i i think i can't tell whether it's more if it's more rewarding whether the audience laughs immediately or they start to laugh and it just trickles and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger because as everyone's figuring it out uh -huh. it's just the best feeling you know yeah i i i love of course when people when the audience laughs immediately but i also love to make them think for a second so yeah. I enjoy uh, the mixture of that. You know, I have a couple other jokes that the same thing and I'll, I'll, when I deliver it, 
then it just kind of slowly graduates through the room and um and I find that rewarding too because I like I said I, I love to make people think with uh comedy yeah new, newer comedians can learn a lot from that from watching that in in the fact that they have to embrace sometimes embrace the the quieter times or silence so to speak be patient and it's not always easy to do and hasn't always been easy for me to do I mean uh I, on with stand-up i mean you just feel the pressure to just have it bam 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 but if you can take that time and really let the audience catch up um i i think it's the pacing of that sometimes is is more rewarding and funnier yeah i i can't tell you how many comics young comics i've told to that they're talking over their lap the laps they're getting so exactly and, and you know you can not only stretch out your set that way but let the audience enjoy what they just heard i've given that advice to so many young comics is not don't step on your line or don't step on your pause yeah if the audience is still reacting let them yeah you know, and for I sure remind myself sometimes i mean it it depends on the 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 situation sometimes if you're if, if you're out of your zone a little bit you you, you want to just you know just rush and and keep moving mm -hmm. but i think it's even more important at times to step back and take your time and and let the audience be with you rather than trying to just force it down their throat yeah and i think in those cases too when you have a good audience that and you take your time and do the pauses correctly and enjoy let them enjoy the laughter it also allows you to um i think expand and play around with the bit a little bit you know, if you wanted a new line or experiment. There's no doubt. I think sometimes a tag or something comes in those moments uh, when you're just, you know, running it. Uh, you don't, and you're, then you're not in the moment. And when you're with the audience and they're catching up or whatever they're doing and you're taking those pauses, a lot of my best taglines has come at those moments. Right. And I'm sure you and I have been in the yeah. same boat when you we, you create or think of a new tagline. You, you say to yourself, somebody's got to remember that because I'm not going to remember what I just said. <laughs> I, know, I, know. I know. That's why it's always good to record your set. But, you know, of course, I don't now all the time, but I'll still go. What did I say there? Yeah, I um, I, I record some. But I, I have a hard time watching myself. I think I've only seen my dry bar once or twice my own oh special. i haven't seen mine i've seen yeah. clips it's miserable i can't watch it and i'm such a self-critic that it, oh it's i hate it but yeah well you <laughs> when well when you come out on stage you have an instant likability um and a great smile so put the audience really takes to you immediately that that's i mean that's not uh that's so a, nice. yeah it's 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 you could feel it right and and um in your special as you go through and they just take this, it just feels like you're telling them a story with all these punchlines that they don't expect. You know, it it's so, they had such a great time, you know, it, and thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, and this, this is not worse or better than any others, but there's comics out there. They're just rapid fire punchline. There's storytellers of this. This just feels like you're having this great conversation with this hilarious person and you leave, you know, feeling a thousand times better than, than when you uh, came in. Oh, well, thank you, Danny. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, are you, are you really funny in life just every day? No, I think I'm more of a, 
um in select selectively yes but uh, i'm more of an abs absorb stuff i'm a i'm a uh introvert a quiet introvert same and uh people say to me a lot you're a comedian gosh yeah. i never get that you know and so i i do i observe i absorb i and i i used to be more extroverted before i became a comedian now i'm more introverted yeah so i guess it's because i'm on stage i'm that's that's where i express all that and then um and then i'm much quieter and introspective you know off stage yeah i i get some comments after a show just you know and whether it's greeting the talking to the audience afterwards or at the bar at, at, inside the comedy club or whatever and after 30 minutes they'll go what's wrong is everything okay and i'm like no i'm i'm good i'm i'm done <laughs> yeah right i'm off i'm not <laughs> on all the time right. <laughs> i mean i think the 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 robin williams kind of it's just yeah. exhaustion to me to to just always be performing. Yeah, and I think it probably was to him, and he must have felt that need. How did you um, prepare for your dry bar? You you obviously have way more material than the forty minute dry bar special. So what what was your? Did you kind of sit down and write a set list out, or did you? I did. You know whatever your current headlining set was, just kind of roll with that. Uh no, I kind of um, well. <laughs> Uh, you know, dry bar so emphasized and I'm, I'm a clean comic, Yeah. but they so emphasized clean that it made me even question how clean, clean, what yeah. is dry bar clean versus other clean. And, and so I really examined everything and, and, you know, it kind of messed with my head. Now I don't, it wouldn't. Uh, but back then, uh, people are, you know, you'd hear other comics talking about it. It's got to be, you know, squeaky, squeaky clean. And I'm, I'm clean. But yeah. then you start thinking, is this joke talking about, um, you know, a, a drunk giraffe, for example, a, a crazy bit I do about a, a, a giraffe that, anyway, I won't go into the bit. But anyway, now I'm thinking, was that? not appropriate right that you're referring to being drunk or you're for you know whatever and so then all that kind of plays out in your head and so i really sat down and and wrote a set list of anything i thought that would be you know no way to find offense in yeah it at all so it was, it was quite a packet to go through that they gave us to read with the restrictions and the material you know what would work right. what wouldn't or whatnot um it's interesting to note to me the comedian when I, I filmed um January it was a few weeks after we worked together it was so bizarre yeah. I, got, I got the I call that. it was funny because I got the call uh after I emailed who you asked me to email and he goes can you do it January whatever and it, it was 10 days from that day and I was like yes and then I hung up the phone I'm like how do I lose 50 pounds in 10 days <laughs> <laughs> That's what a woman would say. That's funny you're saying it. That's right. I was like, I knew it was going to be on camera. You know, it's high quality stuff here. I got to, I got to. But um, the guy that I filmed with was one other person. It it was almost as if he he did the opposite of what the guidelines were. You know, um, not dirty, but you know, it says stuff like don't be don't be Provo Utah specific. Don't be you know, don't make fun of your significant other too much. Make it self deprecate stuff like that. And, and his never aired and uh, which is a shame because he's a funny guy but it's like it reminds me of again 
me giving advice to these younger comedians who don't know you know they get hired at these venues and then never get hired back it's like well what did i do wrong i'm like well first of all you went over you cursed when they said not to curse like they're not following it's not rules but a venue's paying you find out what the requirements are and and fulfill those you know you know the first paying job i i had uh was comedy house theater in augusta georgia and there used to be a bunch of um comedy house theaters and Aubrey Pippen was the manager of those clubs. And I went in as the MC and he said, make these announcements. And he said, um, and if you go over your time, you'll never work for me again. Wow. I don't care, I don't care how many laughs you're getting. I don't care about anything other than you sticking to your time. They didn't pay to see you. They pay to see the headliner. Mm-hmm. And if you go over, you're done with me. And I thought that was the best thing ever happened to me because I'm a rule follower anyway, but I'm a real stickler about people sticking to their time. The audience only has so much in them and nobody needs to be going way over their time and eating up that for the other comics. I mean, it's a show. Right. It's not just every man for himself. And I just, I, if, if I have someone working with me and they do that, I won't use them again. Yeah. And right. I don't mean two or three minutes. Uh, he did, but right. I don't mean that. But you know, I mean, if someone gets up supposed to do 30 and they do 45. Mm-mm. Right. Right. They're trying to, yeah. It's especially true in casinos. You know, if you if comedians ever get a chance to do a casino show, because it's every minute is money not spent on the on the casino oh, yeah. game floor. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I just think it's it's disrespectful to the other comedians and um and I, I it's a it's a deal breaker for me when it comes to really going over and and not, you know, yeah. doing what you're asked to do. And and if you're asked to be clean, be clean. Now if you if you are a, a comic who, and you're, you're a blue comic and, and all you want to do is work in clubs and then have at it, be you, you should always right. be yourself. Of course. But if you're coming from a, how am I going to make money in this business? You're best served to be able to do more things. Yep. You know, like if you can work, if you can do events, if you can do clubs, if you can do casinos, if you can do corporate, if you can do whatever, then that it just it just makes sense from a because it is a comedy business. So it makes sense from that perspective. Now, if you but you should always be yourself. And if you can go out and you can whatever you're doing, if you're the bluest comic there is, and it's funny, and it's Dave Chappelle, and it's Chris Rock, then great, good for you. You yeah. just have to know going in that you're going to have to get to that level right. where you can sell a ticket to be able to make big money. That's that's a great point, because we don't, as comedians, really don't see uh, a raise until we can draw, right? No. So it's... um or the corporate stuff and the and and stuff what you just mentioned. Yeah. So what a great point. What um what did you see or what what do you what would you say your dry bar special kind of did to your already successful career? How did it add on to how did it help? Uh it it just certainly got got me more work. Um it I I can't say that it um skyrocketed anything. Right. 
but it did just add to what I already had and, and just gave me more opportunities to, for, for better jobs, for, um, uh, just to, you know, like I said, keep, keep moving. <laughs> and of course with dry bar, you make money, uh, after, yep. you know, a certain point. So it's another revenue stream. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, any, anytime you can, whether it's uh, being on XM Radio, uh, Drive Bar, uh, if you record your own special and put it on YouTube or, or any social mm -hmm. media and you can monetize that. I mean, the best thing you can do is have as many revenue streams as possible. Yeah, because now we're on Amazon, Peacock, Roku right. as well. So it's That's essentially right. now, even the, you know, even some of the newer comics that have a dry bar, you can, now they're at a point where they just, you know, someone Googles their name or searches it on their cable or streaming service. It might pop up their special. It's such a great exposure. It is. And dry bar has done an unbelievable job with uh, just building their brand. Yeah. I mean, they have to just get a special released. I mean, you get so many eyes on you. Yep. And, and what great quality clips too. Oh yeah. It's, it's very, very professional. It's a little different than the camera in the back of the comedy club, <laughs> the weight, <laughs> the weight <Yeah>. staff moving. <laughs> yeah. That, that's just for your own use. Well, yeah. uh, if we're recording the back of a comedy club, you have dishes clanging and waitresses walking in front of the camera. And <laughs> yeah. People talking right next to it. I had, I, yeah. <laughs> I do, uh, well, the great venue that we know about in Hilton Head Island, the uh, Hilton Head Comedy Magic Cabaret, yes. um, they have a camera dead center. It's up at the top of the wall, and but it's underneath, it's above some seats. So I filmed once and the table at the high bar there had had food and it's on like a parchment paper that crinkles. So my whole set was, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Do you like the potato skins? I like the potato skins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ugh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, I love your uh, bit about ovarian cancer uh, that you kicked, right? It's um, this was going. This is going back a while, right? Twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Diagnosed. Yeah, and then That's I had scary. a. Did... It was. It, it was. It was scary, and it was hard, and um, but you know everybody has something and did you find it hard to as a comedian i know um almost anything that happens to me i'm I'm down to write about and see if jokes come over were you hesitant to turn that into material it's it's gold it's comedy gold but did, were you hesitant at all uh no i really wasn't um good i actually the first thing i did was um i did a tedx talk and it was cancer is the laughing matter and so I, what I was hesitant about is because I do a lot of survivor events and that kind of thing and tell my story with humor. And that's, that's so easy for me in terms of finding humor in any situation. It's just how I cope. A lot of people will, you know, I've gotten a little bit of negativity, some messages going, cancer's not funny and you shouldn't huh. do that, blah, blah, blah. Wow. But it, it's a, it's a coping skill. It's in, yeah. You know, my doctor said to me when I was diagnosed, I don't care who it is, get negative people out of your life so that you can heal. He yeah. Said, it's 
it's as important to your recovery surgery and chemotherapy. And so I'm just a big believer. That doesn't mean I think cancer is a hoot. Of course mm. it's not. It's, but it's how I deal and, and anyone who um, I think comes out of it successfully and better and uh, finds a way to find humor in their circumstances. Yeah, so it's so it's so well done and I and whenever someone touches on a on a, a sensitive subject in their personal lives I always wonder how you know difficult it is to to talk about but um gosh I mean I will say I will say that I was very hesitant to put it in just my stand up set okay. I mean I was very comfortable talking about it with humor in uh in a speaking setting but I was very hesitant at first with um, just on a regular at a club doing stand-up. Yeah. And, and then when I did it, I tightened it up. I told less story and just really tightened it up um, to where I could get to the punchlines. And I just set it up, giving them permission to laugh. Yeah. Uh, and that, and that you you know, good or bad, my humor reflects my experience, whether something happens at the grocery store or going through cancer. Yeah. So I kind of set it up, letting them know we can laugh at this. And, uh, and then I tighten the set up and so many people thank me. Yeah. And it, after the show at a comedy club. I bet. And what a great lesson for, again, young comedians to you, you actually, when you say I gave the audience permission to laugh, you didn't, that's not literal. It's just the way you delivered it and wrote it and the cadence of it and the way you speak about it, you know, you're giving them permission without saying you guys can laugh at this. It's so. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's a see. That's the, uh, you know, a good indication of a, a seasoned comedian. Um, but that's good to know. Cause I, sometimes um, I had, I, I, I have never had cancer before I had, uh, I've had to go to do blood work every six months for at a MD Anderson cancer center they were telling me something was in my blood that could be an indication of leukemia or cancer um which is odd that they would just say that and they go see you in six months you know hope everything's okay yeah right <laughs> right we're just gonna let that bounce around in your blood um then finally i was cleared and so i'm trying to write material around it and i've tried it in a few different venues and but as soon as i mentioned the word leukemia the, the audience seems to shut down so I'm, I'm not at the place yet maybe it's not funny enough yet um but i'm gonna keep trying it but i noticed the audience's tone just kind of you know gets a little bit more somber so i was curious to ask you that question um and that's that's great advice i need to figure out how to give them permission to laugh without telling them they can laugh you i'm know. sure you'll figure it out yeah i don't know yeah you are you're good <laughs> <laughs> how do you i won't keep you much longer but how do you like you're doing a lot of, of theaters now you're working with another dry bar comedian partnered with leanne morgan who i haven't had the pleasure of meeting yet um tell me a little bit about that experience do you, you know because I, I think she does mostly theaters right oh yeah she's on a hundred city tour with outback concerts but um uh leanne and i have worked together since 2004 okay yeah, we, we were, we met doing a show called Southern Fried Chicks. It was me and Leanne and Adam May. And oh, I remember so we, that. I remember yeah. seeing something about that. Huh, yeah, Adam May, so wow. We did that for a couple of years. And then we did another uh, comedy tour with Trish Sir and uh, the three of us. And then uh, Dry Bar, uh, Leanne did the Dry Bar special. And 
she got a little bump, uh, but I can tell you, um, I mean, she her clips got tons of views, and she got started getting um, known much better. And uh, but she was in Chicago, and this was this would have been I think November, October, October 2019. And she called me, and she said, "I've sold 20 tickets. I just don't know if I can do this anymore." Mm. And so um, a month later. A clip went viral. I mean, blew up. Yeah. And um, and now she's selling out theaters. I mean, two and three thousand seat theaters wow. all over the country. And it's a different experience. Before I've had I've had oh, the experience. Yeah. Of, you know, hundreds versus thousands is a different beast. Oh, it is. And um, you know, and she and a lot of people think, as people often do, when you suddenly come on the scene and blow up like that, that you're like just started or something. And that she's right. been out doing it for you know twenty years, so um, or close to it, eighteen or nineteen years, I think. But yeah, uh, but yeah, it's wonderful. We have a great time together. We've known each other forever, and uh, and it's you know it's just very special to get to play sold out crowds in these theaters. And and. It's a sold out crowd that wants to hear comedy. You know, it's not a papered comedy club that may or may not know who you are. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and how different is that? I mean, when people are coming to see you because they're fans, it's just night and day yeah. to, it's a, you know, a bachelorette party that's <laughs> at the comedy club, you know, <laughs> and whether it's in a theater or a comedy club, if you're yeah. selling the ticket because it's your fans and they're coming to see you, that's, you know, that's the icing on the cake. Yeah. I, I, um, I know I, I've done, uh, I've had the opportunity to open for some folks at the Florida theater here in Jacksonville and uh Ponte Vedra concert hall. So it's a couple, you know, it's thousand or more people and that feeling, you can feel the laughter. It's so many people. It's just a whoosh of, I didn't want to leave. Way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so true. It's well, I hope, special. I hope, um, I can't thank you enough for, for doing this. Um, I hope okay. our paths cross and, now that I know you have a bad back, it's probably the only person I can beat in basketball one-on-one, -on -one, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think my basketball days are are done. That's why I, um, last November, I don't, did you know I was in a serious car accident? You mentioned you know? it earlier, but no, I, I hadn't yeah. heard anything. I'm sorry to hear that. No, yeah, it was, it's was. it been now 11 months and um, broke my neck, fractures, uh, I fractured back, uh, broke my sternum. Uh, punctured my lung, broke my ankle, broke my hand, tore my knee, twelve staples in my head. Wow. So it was it was near fatal, really. And I was uh, I was hit in the right front bumper and spun into oncoming traffic and hit again head on. So um, yeah, it, it's it's been rough. So I still have some back and neck issues, but you know I'm working. I'm I'm still doing what I need to do, and hopefully they said it probably be a year before I'm back so I'm getting close to the year mark so I hope that um yeah I hope I get close to a full recovery so yeah that's great but to I, hear. you know like I said everybody has something yeah that's going to be the title of my book because I've had uh, ovarian cancer and uh this car accident um so my book's going to be hard to kill right <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it 
Well, thank you again. Uh, KarenMills.com or is it KarenMillsComedy.com? Well, KarenMills.com is my uh, website. Yeah. And then my Facebook is uh, Karen Mills Comedian and TikTok and Instagram's Karen Mills uh, Comedy. TikTok. I have yet to get on TikTok. I don't like social media as it Danny. is. Like, I know. Oh, who does? I mean, but here's the thing. T uh, social media is the job. Comedy is yeah. a side hustle now. Yeah. I mean, it's exhausting, but it is. You're going you're gonna to have to do it. And they love stand-up, so just chop up your yeah. clips and put it out. My son, my son is 16, so he maybe he can show me how to set up my TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he can. And uh, and just you know, just uh, put your clips up because it's it really helps sell tickets. I'm not kidding. I will, and uh, make sure you check out Pink Pants Drive Our Comedy Special on Karen. If you want to hang out for a few minutes after we're done recording, just want to. Uh, um, yeah, that's, I don't know what I'm going to tell you, but hold on one second here. <laughs>